We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. And Gabe, we saw each other today. I know. We did a whole promo. I know. That was fun. And then someone, you know, Bullets Forever said we should do something about the uh, Wizards podcast, but... That's, yeah, that, you know, I do a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of podcasts. Um, well, it's just you know this feel that we have our, our own crew here on court side. You we know, do. we it, it'd be if everyone wants to come over. So all of our friends who are usually in the comments, if if y'all can show up, to, I, I know this is probably a weird time for some of you Thursday at six oh five, but this is the time we want to get to. So if y'all are hanging out, drop us a comment um, and all that, so we so we know you're hanging out with us. And then if you guys are interested in the Wizards. Then maybe we'll bring this all over. Not everyone can come over, but I don't know. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to put it on our fans. No, because I mean, we're we're here to talk about women's basketball. We're here to talk about women's basketball, and we have a lot to talk about. Oh my gosh! You know do. what? They just came up with the the uh, preseason All American list, and a couple players, not surprisingly, were named as preseason players of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's it's not hard to figure out uh, the players that. Uh, really headlined the group here, and I'm gonna put the all of them up here. But Leah Boston and Caitlin Clark, unanimous. Uh, those two are easy. Haley Jones, also easy. The other three: Ashley Jones from Iowa State, Elizabeth Kitley from Virginia Tech, Anissa Morrow from DePaul, might be who might be the most exciting player in the country. Those three may be players that uh, not everyone is as familiar with. True. But they will be in a hurry because I think those three are all going to have really big seasons. Um, but all right, let's start with Boston because okay. I, I think you know I, I was reading this quote and that's what I was looking for right before okay. right before I said the list uh, from Don Staley. I just want I just want to get your reaction from it. So it's a quote in the AP story. Um, this is about this is about uh, Aaliyah. Obviously, yeah. I don't think the awards define who she is, but it also puts her in a position of she where she's in a more relaxed mode because she's accomplished those things. She's still in a place of hunger. She still wants to be the best. When you've proven that at such an early uh, early stage in your career, you want more and more. She's entered a phase of wanting more, yet is confident in who she is since she was able to accomplish all of it. Uh, I think that really goes to the national championship. This is just another thing that's like, yeah. you know, a, another play, another thing that goes onto her list. But what do you think of uh, that attitude that uh, it seems like Ali is going to have this year? I think it's refreshing mm-hmm. and I think it's right on point. And I think that Don Staley having won just about every single award mm-hmm. uh, individually and as a gold medalist and uh, two-time champ as a coach now collegiately, come on. I-, I think that she understands that it's not about what other people say about you. It's about 
what you believe about you. So mm -hmm. anybody can have, uh, you know, their druthers. Hey, I, this is apples and oranges. I like this in a player. So therefore this is my favorite player. Okay. Or, or this is the player of the year, but then you can look the other way and say, well, I like this in a player that this is outside people. Right. Okay. I like this in a player. So therefore this is my preseason player of the year. So hey, you leave it up to just whatever anybody's thinking. But when you totally block that out, put blinders on, and what do you think about you? And I think that's what Dawn Staley has been um, grooming her players for. I mean, we've seen it with Asia Wilson, right? Um, yeah. To continue to chip away and chop and and get what she wants, right? The gold medal and and then the championship in the WNBA. But there's still a, a, an individual personal hunger for these players. And she's advising them that way because she's lived it. Yeah. <laughs> and and it doesn't matter. Like it's it's very nice. And I'm not thumbing my nose at, you know, these awards and recognitions because it's very worthy and respectable. However, when you are coaching the mindset of young women to be leaders of themselves first, which is the most important by far, but also leaders of other women coming behind them and the culture that you want to represent your university at South Carolina, yeah, I mean, that makes a big difference. You wanna make sure their mindset is right. So it's it's not um, based on anyone else's opinion, mm -hmm. okay? It's based on what you look at when you are in the mirror and what you are saying to yourself. What is your self narrative? And that's what matters at the end of the day. Everyone else can have their opinions. You're entitled to that. You say what you want. This is what I like in a player. This is what I don't like in a player, blah, blah, blah. Okay, get it, okay? But at the end of the day, when this season begins, Aaliyah Boston is hungry. And that's what she told her, that you have to stay hungry. <laughs> you have to stay humble with everything. People are going to say you're this and people are going to say you're not that, right? Yeah. So you have to stay right there in the mainstream, not too high, not too low, but stay focused on what you want. And what she wants is another title. And what she wants is a gold medal eventually. What she wants is to stay level-headed. And I think, um, you know, and not in a, I'm not saying that because, She's yeah, not, yeah. By any stretch, but I'm just saying, she's not focused on the accolades. Mm -hmm. She's not coming into this season focused on what can I get from this game. It's what can I give, and she's going to give her all with a sense of hunger and purpose that that she knows is a, a winning formula. It's yeah. a blueprint that Dawn Staley has followed for her career, and we've seen what that has done. No, and we love we love stories of outside motivation. Uh, certainly on this show and, and just like as basketball yeah. fans like it's super fun to hear the you know the Shaq uh, David Robinson stories or you know that you know the the times where players like li like last year honestly with yeah. Leah where she kind of felt like she was not getting rid of respect and she went out there and you know she she proved it right yeah but I think the hardest thing to do especially in a college basketball program where you're dealing with these kids coming in with such um like high uh whatever hype there's so much yeah. hype Yes. And and they have to come in and figure out a way to be internally motivated. It's it's pretty easy to get the outside motivation, right? To say, yeah. hey, these people don't believe in us. They picked against us. They picked the second in the conference. They they say this player's better than me, whatever. Right. But at some point, if you play well enough, like we're seeing with the Leah Boston, everyone yeah. is going to say you are the best player in the world. Yeah. And if I don't I can't imagine there's someone who is a serious college basketball fan who doesn't think Aaliyah Boston is the is the best player in the country. No shade to Caitlin Clark at all. But yeah. Aaliyah proved it and, and Caitlin still has to. Um but for, for Aaliyah, I think that's that's what that quote gets to me. I, I think yeah. that's uh that's just something that Dawn does better than anyone is finding a way to get you to figure out your internal motivation. Not to do it to get it on the all American list, not to do it to get it to get on whatever that stuff's great and that recognition is awesome it keeps us going but that's not why that's not you have to figure out the ways to just say hey it's about winning it's about my teammates it's whatever you know and dawn's a master of that um like chiquita says you know she holds all her players accountable um so you know they they have a they just have such a great program there and hey chiquita hey hey brendan hey uh, jessica everyone else say hi in the comments if you if y'all want to come by um but yeah i mean Aliyah boston man i you, you're mentioning if you like if you, if you don't like her, you don't like the sport. Something's wrong with. See ya. You can watch someone else. I'm sure. Right. Is there baseball on? Does is baseball no, still I on? Know. I don't know. No shade to baseball, but I mean, it's There's all football. Twenty four seven. I mean football. I mean it's football. That's fine. It's fun. You know, basketball though. Anyway. Um, uh, and that's but, Aaliyah Boston. Basketball is Aaliyah Boston. It, it is Aaliyah Boston, and you know earlier. 
uh, this year in the summer during the playoffs um, when Phoenix was playing um, in Las Vegas, I had a chance to catch up with Diana Taurasi. And, you know, she was just saying, like, things will quiet down when you win. Like, right. there's nothing else that anyone can say when you win and and, and all of it. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, when you win the whole thing, uh, you know, they came up short the season before uh, her sophomore year at South Carolina. She missed that put back. And although mm-hmm. it was not because of that one shot, but no. time and score situation, she took that. She took that and used it as fuel. She took that and came back the next year and got the dub and got the title and cut the next. Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said for it takes losing to win sometimes. And even Asia Wilson saw that on the WNBA level. Um, but I think when you are looking at who she is, who Aaliyah Boston is, and the character that has been formed because of her experiences so far, um, I think are certainly impressive to say the least. But at the same time, you have uh, Dawn Staley as your leader. And I, I can't understate this. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, you know, she understands the assignment. She knows how to get the best out of her players. And, and just like Chiquita said, it's like, she holds her players accountable to a certain standard and she gets the best out of them in that regard. She's not lowering the bar. She's not, you know, settling for attitudinal situations, uh, people fighting one another. Like no. we don't have time for that. That's juvenile. That's, you know, we don't have time for that. We're here to win. And I think she has all of them bought into that. And, you know, until someone proves otherwise in March, 2023, yeah. they're the champs right now. And oh, for sure. it's going to be intriguing to see how the season shakes out in that regard, because boy, they have a squad. Yep. I'd be b- very surprised if we don't see them in Dallas uh, in the final four. So, but yeah, I actually, I think this year though, honestly, there's going to, there's actually a little bit more on Aaliyah's plate. If that's possible. I mean, she, he did okay. everything for the team last year. Yeah. But I think there's going to be a little bit more. I talked about this with uh, Megan Gower on Ion College Basketball Podcast, which should be coming out soon. Y'all should check it out. And you guys should really like that and click that because it, it's going to help us uh, do some more stuff with them and partner with a, with a bigger platform. But don't worry. We'll never forget where we came from. Um, <laughs> but for but with the Leah, we were talking about how, how much you're going to miss Destiny Henderson. And yeah. realistically, there's not – I mean, it's there's not going to be a Destiny Henderson on the roster, period. I don't care. Yeah. She's, a, she's a great player. But – yeah. There's not really a, a point guard that you necessarily trust on this team. So now it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what Aliyah is going to, how Aliyah is going to respond to this, right? So if they can continue to get the ball into her and she can continue to post up and, and they can continue yeah. to drive off that little seal, the little seal action on the, on the low post that they like to do, then it'll all go great. If they can't, then there's going to come a time where I feel like she's going to have to say, I need the ball on the perimeter because I'm not getting the ball on the post. Hey. And I think she can do that. <laughs> I think she's totally capable of figuring out how yeah. to work on the perimeter. So I'm really interested in seeing her this year because I think she she may have more on her plate and may therefore be better. Well, I think there's going to be a shuffling of positions. I mean, now, I mean, in basketball, regardless of gender, yeah. age, whatever, it's positionless. Like, you have to be able to stretch the floor. You have mm-hmm. to be able to put the ball on the deck more than two dribbles. You have to be able to create mm-hmm. your own shot. Everybody, not just the guards. So when you're talking about Aaliyah Boston maybe moving out to the perimeter, I remember when I was coaching Bree and she mm-hmm. teamed on the block I and mean, you can't get it to her, no. right? Can't get the ball in there, but she was our, our highest percentage shooter, right? So what, what do you do in those instances? You pull them away. Okay. And it's not that you're settling for it, but you're freeing space and, and making the defense make different kinds of decisions and, and reads and coverages when you pull her out to the top of the key. I mean, she's a great shooter from three in the trail position. Okay. No. But at the same time, you can mix and match in the quarter court and get her open to free her some space. You know, whether she's in, in the dunker spot in the short corner yeah. or if she's at the top of the key or right there, you know, at the elbows, she's going to find her way to knock in shots from out there. She doesn't have to have her back to the basket. That's not the only way she's going to be able to score. And without Destiny Henderson and just the, the lightning speed with which she played the game with, um, the pace may look a little different in terms of that, um, just because she was so good um, defensively as well, being yes. and, and so quick with her hands and feet. But I think on the offensive end, I, I, I still think they're going to be a powerfully um, efficient offensive team. But what I think we'll see with South Carolina this year is a, a multitude of interchangeability, if you will, when you're talking about how we can free up Aaliyah Boston for some shots, how we can move and, and shake and get her free outside of that block area. 
Yeah, no, and I, I think you're. I, I think it'll be fine. I mean, as and Tiger points out, Latissa Amer here is going to be is could be a point guard too, and yeah. she played really well for Canada. And she, I don't know if I trust her as a full time point guard, but it could be by committee. A lot of teams do that now. A lot of teams do it. Initiate, um, just initiate, initiate speak, the offense, and let's keep yeah. it moving. Just bring it down, take it off the glass, initiate the offense, and space the floor. Bottom line. Speaking of spacing the floor, uh, let's talk about Caitlin Clark. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, there is not a player in the country who spaces the floor better uh, than Caitlin Clark. I mean, her, her three-point percentage was not great last year, and she somehow was still one of just the most dominant offensive players. Um, we've seen 27 points per game, eight assists per game. First time any uh, anyone in our database, in the Her Hoop Stats database, uh, has done that. Uh, she also She's the only player to do it with 26 points and seven assists, too, just for the record. I mean... Um, in her freshman year. So now she comes back for her junior year at Iowa. I'm, I don't, I, I can't imagine what more could be expected from her on the offensive end. Yeah. Um, but again, another thing we ta- talked about with Megan, can she make the jump defensively? That's right. the next step for her to being, you know, going from this elite level to the, yeah. wow, like the very, very tight peak level. Right. But, when you have Lisa Bluter on the sideline, sure. I mean, she has a way. Of, let's talk about their offense first. First of all, they bring 11 returning players back and all five starters, Gabe. So let's yep. just put that out there to begin with. So when you have that continuity and that chemistry, that settles things. I don't care. It takes more time to develop chemistry on the defensive end sometimes than it does on the offensive end. I, that's just my personal opinion. I think you have to know what your teammates are capable of mm-hmm. defensively, when and why they're moving, um, how they're covering on uh, pick and roll situations, even though coach is telling you make it read yep. like this. Is your teammate capable of doing that? What angles are they coming? There's chemistry to be developed on the defensive side. So with that being said, Iowa has their whole entire starting five back. Caitlin Clark led the country in scoring with 27 and led the country and assists with with eight a game. So I mean, she's she's a big problem, obviously. But when you are when you are uh, expected to be this juggernaut on the offensive end and come over half and shoot logo threes, and they go down. Okay, her numbers were down percentage wise from three, but her rebound numbers were up, right? Mm-hmm. And she was able to initiate and push tempo. So not only are her assist numbers at eight phenomenal. But her ability to set up her teammates and and her ability to score downhill, I thought was really impressive as a sophomore. And I had a chance to ask her at Media Day for the Big Ten um, just a couple of weeks ago in, in Minnesota. I asked her, I was like, you know, between your freshman and sophomore year, you know, rebounding got a lot better for you. And mm-hmm. a, a point more offensively and one more assist, but your boards went way up, right? So or do you have to prove? What else do you need to uh, – hone like what else do you need to sharpen and she said uh, we just have to be fearless you know there's no excuses there it's just a, a mentality right now that that they're going to be playing with yeah. um they have unfinished business i think that's how i posed the question I'm like do you have unfinished business um for losing in the tournament um in the sweet 16 and she was like i don't know if i call it unfinished business but you know we're we're focused and we're ready to oh. compete so when you hear someone like Caitlin Clark say that, it's like, yeah, it could be a, a myriad of things that she's going to be uh, looking to improve upon and it and may not be statistically based. It may just be, you know, I want to be a better leader. It may just be, you know, we're not going to say a whole lot. We're going to play harder. Like we're going to play more focused defensively. I know there was a big jump between her freshman and sophomore years collectively as a team for Iowa. Um, so maybe obviously that's something that they need to um, keep as a, a Mm-hmm. cohesive unit on that side of the floor but i mean with monica sanano back kate martin back i mean they have gabby Williams. they have their whole squad it's a, and and warnock is back the glue like she's a border she can hit shots i mean they they spread the floor so well i think they were if they didn't lead the big 10 in assists at the end i didn't see the the final stats but over 20 assists per game last year and they were at the top of the the big 10 uh, all season long in that regard. And Lisa Bluter says, hey, we celebrate the pass more than the shot, which is why it's a selfless attitude that they carry on the offensive floor, on the offensive side of the floor. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just anxious to see um, what that hunger looks like for Iowa with everyone back and understanding that 
we have another chance to do this together. And um, when Monica Sonano said that she was going to return, I was like, oh, snap, here we go. The law yeah. firm is intact. The law firm of Clark and Sonano, uh, you know, they, they just play so well off of one another. No, and, and I think you may allow the, the point. I think you made a lot of great points because the the, the jump in efficiency on defense was huge yeah. last year. And that's something yeah. we should, we, we really should talk about. Cause yes, they were 99th in defense last year in the country. Um, yeah. And, it, and they were even worse, you know, by percentile in the conference, mm-hmm. but the year before they were 186, right? right. So uh, the defensive rating went from 93, the HHS defensive rating, which takes into mm-hmm. account strength schedule uh, was they were, they were at 93.3 in in Clark's freshman year went up to went down to 88.5 which is good um, right. which is a big jump. So if they do that jump again, they could have a defense that could compete. Uh the other thing I want to see and and Tiger brought it up um okay. just from Clark is just cleaning up the turnovers. She led the country in turnovers. Um and you know, I honestly at her level of production it's it's not like it's not <laughs> a big deal. Oh, yeah. I mean but it uh, right, but a 17% turnover rate for a player as good as her to me that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. Like you're not, you, you you should be able to take care of the ball more. I mean, the assist to turnover ratio is wild. It's one sixty not. It, it's one point six nine, ninety fourth percentile. And she led again. She led the nation in turnovers. Wow. Um, and she still leads in that category. But I do think that's just one area where it's like, hey, maybe maybe it's maybe it's like a turnover a game where right. she's not where it's, where that's a bad turnover right like there's a there's, right. there's turnovers that are like oh okay she's making a pass to the corner and the person moved or you know this is a within the flow of the offense and the ball just got loose mm-hmm. she has to take out the one turnover or the two turnovers a game where she's just kind of throwing the ball all, all over the yard she gets too excited yeah. It, yeah. it also happens i think that's where she's gonna she's gonna take another another step again i don't think there's much more steps to go for Eler. I, I don't know, right? Because these are two players who, if you like, their their potential is limitless. Mm-hmm. So of course they could get much better this year. I, it's just I don't know how much more we could possibly expect from these young ladies because they're so good. They are, but you know that they go into every single game being at the top of yeah. the scout. They're at the top of the scout, and they're still able to dominate. So yeah. that just you know that just gives credence to their skill set. And, and what they're able to accomplish on the floor. I mean, that's with having the best defensive uh, attention to detail coming right at them, night in and night out. And to lead the country in scoring for Caitlin Clark and, and assist and turnovers, but to, not to lead the country in that, but, I mean, but to have, you know, a high level of risk, high risk, high reward play. It's just, I don't know. Like, I know that um, Lisa Bluter has said, like, she understands the game. Like she has mm-hmm. a, a great sense about her in terms of her basketball IQ. So, I mean, when players have that, there's, there's no rain to pull there. Yeah. Like you can't say, Hey, you know, no, no. calm down, water that down a little bit. <laughs> I'm not watering that down. Hey, look, you go do you, we'll, we'll deal with the negative, you know, uh, percentages there with the turnovers because your eight assists are fantastic. Right. <laughs> your 27 points are phenomenal and we need all that we need all that so we can't have you pumping your brakes and no. playing safe because then our team won't no. be as good right but so I, I think i think it's, it's completely f- but i think it's completely fair to ask a player that good in particular right you need to you know what you need to be perfect i'm sorry not that you can't turn the ball over <laughs> but, <laughs> but you it's not that you can't turn the ball over it's that you can't do stupid there were plays last year that were kind of like she was pressing too hard. It was like you're t- you're trying to control this too much. I think it's the opposite, honestly, of what of what you were saying. Mm-hmm. It, you don't have to tell her to control herself more. You need to tell her to to let go of the game a little bit more and trust trust it, oh. trust the game around you, right? Because I think that's what happens with really great players and yeah. and turning the ball over a ton is like they feel like I can't trust the game. I can't trust. Maybe it's not my. Maybe it's my teammates. Maybe whatever. I can't trust the game at the moment, so okay. I need to make this happen on my own. Whether it's making a crazy pass or, or shooting a logo jumper when I'm, you know, zero for eight from three. Right? Those are the type of plays I'm saying that she can get out of her game. I think she will. I think she. I really think she will. Um, and I think you know, yeah. maybe maybe it's even more efficient. Uh, yeah. And then, we, but I also think, oh, this is the point I want to make. Okay. If Iowa is going to go far, if we're talking Final Four, Iowa. I think Caitlin Clark's stats are going to be a little bit worse. 
Really? So like overall, like her points per game and assist numbers down. I think those are going to come down. She may be more efficient. I think her if her efficiency numbers jump and those per game numbers drop, what's happened? That means she's become more efficient, first off, which is incredible. And yeah. secondly, that means that those points are probably coming from somewhere else. And yeah. it also probably means she's expending more energy on defense because she's able to. So right. I think that that's what I'm looking for is like, hey, yeah, Caitlin Clark averaging 27 points is great. They don't hang banners for Caitlin Clark averaging 27 points a game. They hang banners for winning the Big Ten, for going to the Final Four. I think I think this team is pretty good. I, I don't know about the defensive talent. I don't know if they can get to that point of, of being a good enough defensive team to get to the Final Four. But the talent is unbelievable. The chemistry is unbelievable. And that and I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think they, they have a really great chance in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. um, but just to me, I mean, obviously, it all runs through Caitlin Clark. But it'll be interesting to see if I'm right. Like, if her stats go down and this team's better, then we're going to have a nice discussion about, about how basketball works. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? I mean, they won last year and, mm -hmm. you know, the tournament, the, the tournament, the Big Ten yeah. tournament, um, but didn't advance to the final four and have a crack at the national title. However, I know that experience is the best teacher also. <laughs> and to have every single player back. I mean, there's something to be said for that. And and that's not a formula. That's not an X and O. That's not a play. That's not a defensive scheme. That's a mentality we were talking about with Dawn and, and the blueprint mm -hmm. that she presents for South Carolina, Lisa Bluter presents that for her team. And so the experience of having fought and gotten that title in the Big Ten tournament, that was phenomenal. And to have the confidence in knowing that, that's why they're ranked uh, preseason number one in the Big Ten. But I remember going back to when Caitlin Clark was in high school <laughs> and Lisa Bluter shared that she had to do everything on her high school team. And so her freshman year, she kind of said, hey, you know, we have some really great players around you, you know, and it's kind of speaking to what you just said about, and, and not necessarily trusting the skill sets of her teammates per se, yeah. but she had the game by a stranglehold mm -hmm. in high school and was scoring 60 points and knocking in 15 threes. And, you know, just because she had to, right. Because she had to, in order for her team to survive, she had to go uh, oh, <laughs> so far and above. Yeah. Um, what was the, the call of duty for her. So I understand that. And that's hard to switch that mentality off. So in Caitlin Clark's defense, <laughs> I mean, she's, she's built differently because I mean, once you are set that way, like, this is what, this is what I do. And when I do this, our team is successful, right? So it's hard to, to shake that off yeah. of somebody. And, you know, to, to her credit, she has that that Mamba-like, you know, yeah. intelligence about her game. And, and they, you know, some people scoff at her confidence, but they don't scoff when other people do it. And I already ranted about that before. But I, I just think that, you know, she has such a passion because of the work that she puts in. Yeah. I mean, Haley Van Lith, the same way. I mean, she is, she is built differently. You have to lock the doors to the gym to keep her out so that she gets proper recovery. I mean, it's the same thing with Caitlin Clark. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't want to take that away from them. I love that they love the game like that. I love that they have the joy of playing. I love that they get out there and they have a hunger to get in the gym and get better every single day, a couple times a day and get up thousands of shots. Not everybody loves the game that much. So yeah. when players love the game like that, I'm like, man, go for it. I love it. Like, go. Do you yeah. like it? I love it. Like, play. Just but go and do you. Like, it's fine. I love it. And if, if, if we want to recall, going back to when I was a kid, when did Kobe Bryant win his, his, his own championships, not the ones with Shaq? It's when he learned how to really trust his teammates and, and, and learn how to play. I mean, he also had better teammates, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. But it, it's when he learned how to trust that the game is, is going to reward you. And I think that's like the biggest problem for great players is like, I put in so much work. I have put, I've like tried to dominate the sport so much that okay. I, I can't let go of it and i understand i get but, that but you got that's that's the thing for kate that's the the challenge for caitlin clark this year okay let's keep it going because we talked about we talked 30 minutes about Aaliyah boston oh, I love clark. It. I love it. yeah it was great stuff it was great stuff but we do uh we're gonna i'm just gonna skip over briefly uh Haley jones ashley jones and elizabeth kitley all three of those players are uh WNBA draft prospects so maybe we'll talk about them when we talk about the lottery but at the same time we got plenty of time to talk about the uh, WNBA lottery. If you want to hear more about those players, guess what? We have two podcasts in which we just uh, preview the Pac-10. Wait, wait, yeah, we did Pac-12 
12 and we did big 12 at the same time and we did the acc and the big 10 at the same time so if you want to hear more about those players all of those players are in this podcast we ain't get to talk about leo boston we probably talked a lot about caitlin clark before but whatever another conference we did not do though a player who again as i mentioned at the top of the podcast may be the most exciting in the country anisa morrow she led the nation in rebounding at 6-1 she uh as a as a freshman freshman as a freshman as a freshman this this uh and she was so dominant for DePaul I mean the the stats for her are incredible as as Calvin Wetzel puts it uh every time he had to search for a stat last season it was the player that he was searching for did it and Anissa Morrow did it (laughs) at DePaul so uh you know she's you've you're pretty familiar with the the Big East now so what have you what have you seen from Morrow everything I mean, it's <laughs> no, uh, accurate. Everything. Okay, moving on to the next subject. No, um, no, she she's phenomenal. And I think, you know, we were talking about players with a motor and players who you don't have to ask to go hard. Yeah. Players who you don't have to ask to get in the gym extra time um, and players who want to be in there. She's a want to kid. She wants to play hard. She wants to get to the glass. And I think if you ever watch her play, talking about her rebounding prowess, if you ever watch her play, when that shot goes up, she is surveying like this. She's slicing and dicing, finding gaps in there to get to the ball. So you see the end result of her with two hands on it because she goes up with two hands mm-hmm. every time because mm-hmm. she's fundamentally sound in that way, which is why she led the country. And she has to be. Oh, I mean, you have to be. But sometimes, you know, when you have the ability like that, sometimes you might get cute and go yeah. with one hand and try to. But if you're if you're six one and you're going in there with the yeah. with the trees, you gotta be you gotta be yeah. ready to get the ball. <laughs> right, but there's there is something yeah. about going up with one hand and popping it mm. when you get up there. But I mean, I digress. I'm, I mean, I'm a little bit talking about myself. Little bit. Christy liked those rebounds. <laughs> Give me that. I like that. Um, but she went up with two hands every single time. And so she plays with, uh, with fire, you know, and intensity. And when you have someone who can rebound like that, that's a want to skill. That's a want to skill. That's not a have to skill. Oh, shot goes up. Oh my God. I have to box out. Come on, get off the court. Like we don't have time for players who don't want to get in there and get grimy and put a body on somebody and go up with two hands every time and get the ball. Right. And not only that, like on the offensive glass, like she would go in there, gave yeah. me it, but she also had the ability and the body control to get those putbacks. I mean, her offensive rebound numbers were phenomenal. So That's, I was I was just looking up her offensive rebounding numbers. Oh, talk to me. What are, what are we looking for? I got to find them for, well, her offensive rebounding numbers are, are wild because yeah. she was, she averaged 5.8 a game. Oh, man. That's more than Aaliyah Boston. That's a motor. That's, That's unbelievable. Motor. I mean, Doug Bruno, uh, I mean, I, I had to shake his hand because you, you love to coach players like that, right? You love to coach players who, who just go for it every time. Uh, no holds bar. They want to compete that way and they want to outwork you, like outwork your opponents. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care how many plays you run, how many defensive uh, schemes you have, whatever. If you don't board the ball, you're going to lose. And mm-hmm. she, as a freshman, um, understood that last year and not only that, like she's going to bring that same level of confidence back to the floor this year in that regard. And DePaul's going to be better served for it. And she can score too. Like, let's not forget that she had some 40 point games last year as a <laughs> freshman in college. A 40, like, four, like a couple times, right? Didn't she have like three or four 40 point games? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She had 23 straight double doubles. Stop it. <laughs> That's comical. You know what? You know Stop. what? Stop. Uh, a killer. I mean, she has a flat out baller. I mean, she can flat out hoop and she and she loves it. And she's gonna come back for more. I mean, she's coming back now, hunting the ball down as a rebounder. But she's also trying to crush you and crush your spirit by not only getting that rebound, but sticking it back in your face and going to the line for an end one. I mean, let's just tell it like it is. That's just who she is. She's such a cool basketball player, because like it's, all right, so and six one's pretty tall, but like again, six one is not one like one of the tallest players in the country. Not one of the players you'd expect. She's not Aaliyah Boston. No, Aaliyah Boston. You told me she had five point eight offensive rebounds per game last year. I'd be like, yeah, great. But it, I need some more. <laughs> and she yeah, led the country. And so let, let me, she so her her two biggest play types according to Synergy post ups 
and offensive rebounds. Her third biggest was transition because wow. that's the type of player she is because she's so fast and so strong and so smart. And she was a freshman last year. A pup. Uh, she's, she's gonna have tough. to do more this year too, because DePaul yeah. lost some. DePaul lost talent. They lost some pieces. Um, so I don't know if DePaul's gonna be better. Uh, her numbers are gonna be just outstanding. So yeah, um, just fun player to watch. Fun player to watch. But you know, you're talking about her. Her height. I coached in high school. I coached a player that went on to play at UPenn, mm-hmm. Prince Aguirre, and at South Lake she had 31 rebounds in a game. It didn't even feel like it felt like 15, 16. Yeah. And at the end, she had 32 points in, in 31 rebounds. 30 and, and 30? Uh, but, and it was a good, it was like back and forth. It was like a, a 70, you know, 70, 80 points, yeah. you know, in the game. It wasn't like a rock fight or anything. And, that's, a, that's a 40 minute game, huh? Yeah. It was, uh, we out rebounded, I think, um, I think it was 52 to 15. And she had like 30 some of them. Oh. <laughs> but she went on to UPenn and played, and she was like six yeah. foot, five, 11, six foot. So I was, I said that to say, that it doesn't matter what your exterior is built like. Trust and believe me. Then ask Charles Barkley, ask uh, Alyssa Thomas, ask, you know what I'm saying? When you want the ball, you're going to go get it. I don't care how tall you are. Okay. Ask Courtney Williams. I mean, she's one of the better rebounding guards in the WNBA. How tall is she? I don't know. But you know, she's going to board that ball. I don't know her height, but it's the heart. It's not height. It's heart. And that's what it takes to be a flat out hooper. That's what it takes to lead the country and rebound is, you know, your motor yeah. and, and your want to, that's, it makes a difference. Well, and, and this, and, and there is skill. I mean, you know, she knows where the ball is going to go. Like right. there, that's not, it's not, it's not by accident that she's always in the right spot. Absolutely. Um, that's just a player, Leo. You know, she's swerving some, there. She's I, feel, I feel like everyone listening to this podcast knows Morrow, but if you don't make sure you're watching the Paul games. Make sure maybe, maybe some DePaul Georgetown games. Maybe, maybe some DePaul Georgetown. Maybe then you can see another another uh, nice nice young. Would Breeze six? No, Breeze taller than six one. Right? Yeah, she's six. Well, they list her six four, but she's probably oh. six three ish. She's a she's six four. She said, "Don't don't take that inch more." Six four. Yeah. Don't bit. don't take that inch more. Uh, all right. Uh, you da- you want to move to the lottery? Yes. Okay. Let's talk some lottery. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, mo- we're, mo- we're, we're motoring through to the lottery, which is on November 11th at 5.30 p.m. It's like before the Maryland-South Carolina game, I want to say. It is. Mm, right. That is at, at Maryland uh, that evening. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a big I don't think I'm going to be able to go to that game. It's just disappointing. Right. But I hope everyone who goes has a great time. Uh, it will be packed in there. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a good game. And, yeah. well, I hope it's a good game. If it'll be, it'll be hopefully it's a good sign if for Maryland. Um, we shall see. Uh, the draft lottery though, four teams involved. <laughs> right. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I promise we're gonna talk about Diamond Miller. All right. Four teams involved in the in the draft lottery: Indiana, Atlanta, Washington, and right. Minnesota. Uh, Washington is in there via the trade for the number one pick last year, yeah. um, and so they get the they get the third best odds here. Uh, so they do this out of a thousand odds, and it's based off the last, the combined records of the last two years. Right. Um, so the the operative team for Washington is actually Los Angeles because it's Los Angeles's pick. So they're that's why they're third, that's rather than fourth behind Minnesota. Um, but so Indiana has four hundred forty two chances out of a thousand to get the number one pick. Wow. 278 uh, six ping pong balls for Atlanta, 178 for Washington, 104 for Minnesota. So, this should be the year where the Indiana Fever get the number one pick. However. I was going to say, I was waiting for you to say however, but go ahead, finish it out. <laughs> however, this has not happened for the last two, three years now? Three, I think it's three years running where the Indiana has had the best odds and hasn't gotten it. So we can fantasize about whichever team we want. So tell me tell me who you think the most fun team to win the draft lottery and have the chance to draft Aaliyah Boston would be in your eyes. Oh, man. I, I have to go with Indiana. And I know, you know. It's the most exciting? I think so. And the, I'm okay. going to tell you why. Okay. Because last year they drafted seven players, right? Mm-hmm. They kept five of those rookies on the team. So this is a team that is trying to continue to have traction and build and, and have that great energy. And they were in so many games last year, Gabe. Mm-hmm. But I think their inexperience 
did them in at the end of a lot of games. So I think they just need that that one big piece, right? Which would be Aaliyah Boston, but to come in there and really make a big difference for them and and they can grow and, and have her be a bookend, right? Um, yeah. Melissa Smith, you don't like that. I just don't want to, I mean, no offense to the great people of Indiana. I'm dying to go to Assembly Hall. I don't want to have to go to WNBA Finals in Indiana. Oh, just, it's great eats there too. They have, I I know. I just like, like it, I want to see Aaliyah in the finals, and I don't. I, I don't necessarily need to go to uh, Indiana. But it's not even that. It's to me. Here's the issue. You don't think she fits there? I think she fits there. I just don't. Okay. I rather her go to uh, a better organization. I mean, no, no. I I think I think we're on the right track with Indiana. Indiana okay. with Lynn Dunn in, at at the head. You know, I think they're going to go in a better direction. I think they're done tanking. Hopefully, uh, after this draft pick. Um, but I, I just don't, I, I have to see more organizational, um, fortitude there for me to say, Hey, I want, you know, possibly the best, what, one of the best players in her generation, you know, there's Asia yeah. Stewie and some other players you want to put up there of this generation. And Leah actually might be a part of the next one. I don't know how y'all want to figure that out. Um, right. but th- this is like the player of this, of this generation, hopefully. So. I don't want her to have to start off her career in possibly an adverse situation. Um, to me, the most exciting team is the Atlanta Dream, actually. That's and, an interesting. So I thought I would say the Washington Mystics. I thought you would too. Which because is why we're okay, Atlanta. <laughs> so I thought I was going to say the Washington Mystics because uh, we we obviously would get to watch her uh, every single day. And that would be an absolute dream. So that for, for our selfish purposes, obviously we're hoping it's, it's Washington, but I did a draft simulation on across the timeline the other day. So you can go, you can go and do the draft lottery and he'll, and, and our our guy Curtis has created a simulator for the WNBA draft and I did it. And the first time I did it, I got, uh, Atlanta. I was like, I just, I, you, I felt it. I felt someone like spring forward from me. I was like, oh my God, if Atlanta got, you know, Aaliyah Boston and Ryan Howard, another player who's in that sort of generational category. Right. And and with Tanisha Wright, who is show, you know, she's shown some ability to be that leader and coalesce this team in, in a hurry. Like right. that team could compete soon. Yeah. That team could compete soon. And then we, so, and then we would have like, just like the, the court side, the 2021 courtside dream team of Ryan Howard, Leah Boston, and Nas Hillman. That's like, hey, Nas. <laughs> and yeah. and I love Atlanta personally. It's it's my it's like my second favorite city in the country. So for for me, I think it's Indiana. If I'm taking out the selfishness of wanting it to be Washington, understood. I hear you. And I wouldn't be mad at that. I mean, another team that has some really great young pieces mm-hmm. a year or two in and, you know, another place where they could gain that traction is what I was talking about for Indiana. I think it would be great in Atlanta the same way. Um, but I do think maybe just with you saying that, I think that Aliyah Boston would maybe fit there a little bit better in terms yeah. of schem- schematically, right. With how they play and, and positions like, I mean, with, you know, Queen Egbo and Melissa Smith in Indiana, like where would Boston kind of fit with those two, right? But then in Atlanta, what what do you see in terms of the puzzle piece that she would fill for the dream? I think if you get Leah Boston, you take whatever puzzle you got and you <laughs> swipe it off the table and you say, okay, we're building around her. <laughs> you dump the box out. You just yeah, dump the box, the box out. And you know, so yeah, like I, 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 the the fit at first, I think with Indiana could be awkward. I'm sure they'll figure it out. They're good basketball players, right? Like I, like we said at the beginning when we were talking about Leah Boston, like she's gonna figure it out. Whatever, whatever the situation is, if she doesn't have a point guard, if she has to shoot threes, if she literally has to be the point guard, mm-hmm. I would trust her to do that just because of how good of a basketball player and how hard of a worker she is. Yeah. But it's, I, I think in Indiana, it'll, it'll fit eventually, right? I mean, yeah. I, I think Melissa Smith and Ilya Boston can work. Maybe Queen Egbo has to be, you know, moved or something. Or, or, she even, or even she could be the backup center. I think That's that'd be thing. pretty cool. Rotational, yeah. put her in rotation. Yeah. yeah. Or if they, if, they, if they think she's too good for that, and she might be, they could get something for her. So, mm-hmm. um, but, I, you know, I would say probably it works out. 
And you don't have to. And the thing with Indiana too, you don't have to worry about that year one. Forget, forget your. You're not competing in year one. No. And I, I, personally, I don't think Atlanta. Yeah, I don't think Atlanta would compete year one. I don't think so. No, I mean we saw. I mean, just going. I know we're not talking NBA, but I mean when Trey Young, you know, went yeah. to Atlanta, and it's like, oh, okay, they need time, and it didn't take them a whole lot of time to, you know, get going. It worked fast. Uh, but I mean, it is different for, for everybody and, and what it feels like chemistry wise and, and how things work. So the yeah. philosophy of the coach and all that, like you have to make sure it fits. So, the, I mean, in Washington though, <laughs> that would be a fun game. I'm not, hey, I'm <laughs> and I know we're right here in the DMV. So DMV people, you know, you hear us. I know you do, but, uh, but wow, that would be I don't think the Mystics would trade that number one pick. No, they wouldn't do that. Would but it would. But do speaking of a clunky I mean, fit, though, for mm-hmm. the Mystics, if we're talking about Boston, that is kind of a clunky fit because you already have Landell Don, you already have uh, Shakira Austin, you may bring back Elizabeth Williams. You know, there's a lot of of bigs down there. Now, I've already pictured this in my mind of Elena Deladon at the three. Thank you. That's what I was getting ready to say. I'm like, she doesn't need to be getting beaten on down there. Move her off. Just what we were saying about Aaliyah Boston. Like, hey, we don't need you uh, covered with uh, three guys down there. Get off the block and face. Yeah. So, I mean, now you're preserving your body too, right? You're not getting... I I mean, I'm telling you, if I could go back and recreate myself as a player, I'd be on the perimeter. I'm not even joking. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's a bear to be playing and digging yourself out of the mud. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. I ain't really... Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was a it's a challenge physically. That's a battle down there, right? And I wasn't like you know, I wasn't the most muscular you know person ever. But I was tall, so I was like, go down there and play. I'm like, Lord have mercy. But that's why by my senior year, I was running some three, and I loved yeah. it. I was, they were like, run the three on this one. I was like, what? Oh, so oh Christy. Three. If three. you came if you came up now, you'd be you'd be like really on the perimeter. You'd I'd be, be out of the mud. Hand- I'll tell you that. You'd probably be handling ball. On the I mean, because you're how tall are you? You're six, six two ish. Two, two. Yeah. depends on oh. my shoes. <laughs> you'd but be like six two. You'd but be like I, Jordan Horston. Yeah, but something I, like that. I never had to work on that though, because I was yeah. always opposed. So I'm like, okay, if this is my role, I'm going to perfect what the team needs from me. So I'm going to I'm going to post up. I'm going to work on my post stuff in the off season. I'm doing this, and you know, I tried to get some ball handling in, but it wasn't necessary for me to have that locked in so yeah when I went overseas I, I put the ball on the floor more than I ever had in my entire life and it was very freeing and I loved it and I played a little outside over there too so it's like because it's a different style of game you know more open floor but I think uh yeah I, I mean Elena Deladon at the three oh I just had an idea it's down there that would be I'm fun. sorry I, I'm sorry I do I no, derailed the mystics point we can no, make you we can make you in 2k you can make me in 2k well, we we can create like a uh, a career player for women oh, okay. now. I haven't played the new two K. I gotta buy it. Um, but please make my shorts longer than they were. <laughs> I, hey, the short? No, the shorts are coming back up. We're coming I back know, up the on extra, the shorts. Extra mediums or whatever. I don't, you know, I didn't right. particularly care for that. Though. I do. I do have a. I do want to do one more thing on the draft lottery. We're gonna have a draft simulation right now. Um, from some uh, here. Here we go. Uh, we're drawing for the number one pick. And uh, here, here he goes from across the timeline again, if you guys want to check this out. Did Dream win the pick again? So Atlanta has the number one pick. Wow. I, I, Indiana should get the second one. I'm looking at it again. Indiana gets number two. Wow. Let me, let me speed this up. Yeah, speed it up, Gabe. What do we have? <laughs> uh, okay, so the, all right. So our, all right. So our lottery results are Atlanta number one, Indiana number two, Washington number three, okay. uh, Minnesota number four. Interesting. So, uh, obviously, we're we're ta- the dream are going to take Aaliyah Boston, yeah, second second straight number one pick from an SEC school, uh, who has a chance to be a generational all star. Oh my god, uh, the number two pick, Indiana. I don't know. Do you, actually you know what? Give me a player. Well, no no analysis. Give don't me a player they're going to take. I'll go with. Don't take the one I'm thinking. I'm going first for a change. Go go go. Kitley. Kit Lee, I was, I was thinking about it. I finally decided. Look at me. Uh, yeah, I don't. Off the top instead of waiting. 
I think we'll have to see on. I, if I was them, I'd probably take Haley Jones because she's. I think this year she's gonna have a little bit more point guard duties, so she's gonna yeah. be just a little bit more dynamic on the perimeter. I think she's gonna look really. She would look really, really good with their talent that True. they already have. But Kitley's True. an amazing basketball player. Um, Six footwork is phenomenal. Ask Debbie Antonelli. She was just in the gym. I saw yeah. that Deb. Hey, Deb. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she was in the gym and she's like, her. look at Kitley's footwork down here. I mean, she was going to work. It was Our, good stuff. Our guy Kenny Brooks. Yeah, I got Kenny on the pod. Kenny. Uh, all right, Mystics number three pick. Uh, so, all right, so you've taken you've taken Kitley. I've taken Jones. So Boston and Jones are gone for me. I think the Mystics trade this pick. Uh, wow. <laughs> I think uh, okay. Um, but since I'm making it, you gotta you gotta go first this time. I I mean, part of me wants to say Ashley Jones. Part of me wants to say Diamond Miller. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna speak it into existence. Zaya Cook. I think she's gonna bounce back. She's gonna show everyone what she's all about. I've been talking about her for since the beginning of last tournament. Actually, since the beginning of last year, as one of the best players in the country. And she wasn't that last year. She's gonna do it this year. And I think she gets into that top. I think she gets into the lottery. I don't know. That's a that's a big that's a big hot take. We gotta put that one. But I'm not mad at it though. I I love her game, but. I think Diamond Miller, like when you're talking yeah. about what Mike Tebow likes, he loves three and D. Mm-hmm. She can do both of those, right? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, I know last year was injury riddled, uh, but her ability and her length to get to the rim too, like we're talking about a, a, a kid who can, you know, really open up the floor in a lot of ways. And when I say that, I'm not saying, you know, just with her three-point shooting ability, but you're going to have to close out on her. Mm-hmm. Or she's gonna explode by you and stretch out with those long arms and, and get to the rim. So I, I just think that you know she brings a lot to the table defensively. She gets in gaps. She's aggressive on the glass, uh, and she's long. I think you know that's another like Ariel Atkins. Can you imagine yeah. Ariel Atkins and Diamond Miller on the floor together? And how well, and Natasha Cloud. that would be and Cloud. But I'm saying like on the wings. Yeah. Like we know Cloud. I mean that's a given. I mean you know uh, first team all defensive in the WNBA this past year. And uh, seven assists a game for her as well. All my nuggets are coming out from them. <laughs> but anywho, but just imagine Diamond Miller and Ariel Atkins on the wings, and then Cloud at the top too. Like, yeah. come on! I, and I just think she brings so much energy to the floor, and she's healthy. You know, last year I really, I mean, even when she came back, I don't think that she was a hundred percent, and she was just driving on adrenaline. Yeah, you know, because physically she wasn't quite up to par and so she's had surgery on her knee clean that up she's ready to go um, and i think she's really on par to have a really strong senior season and if that's the case i would not be surprised if mike Bull makes that call she fits what they need she fits what they need i, I want to see a little bit more refinement in her game she has to come back and, and same with zaya same with zaya like True. both those players are going to come back and show that they can actually do the things that we're telling that we're saying to you that they can mm-hmm. but we're pretty. Com- I think we're both pretty confident in both those players. Um, yeah. That we'll see. I don't know how long I'm gonna t- stick to that Zaya Cook take, but <laughs> I want to say it. All right, number four. Number four here. Um, man, this is a tough choice for Minnesota. It is because Minnesota have number four. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I. So uh, Kitley's still on my board. Oh, I'm going Kitley. She's on. Yeah, I'm going Kitley. Right, like. They they lost Sylvia Fowles. They need a new center. Yeah. I think she can Ooh. be. They they still want to run her. They still want to run. Um, you know, low post offense. I think that's uh, that's gonna be a staple of what they do as long as Cheryl Reeves there. So uh, I think Kitley works, and I think Kitley can expand out. Kitley has a has more um perimeter skills than than a lot of people have noticed. So I think we're gonna see that come out a little bit more. Um, but I would say Kitley would be my pick here if I was Minnesota. I like that, and and for all the reasons that you said, I agree. Straight down the line. Look at me agreeing straight down the line. Like, no, like this, but not that. No, everything. I agree with it. But I, I'm going to go with uh, Ashley Jones. Like, I just think that, you sure. know, she she fits the bill there, too. Um, another player who can score the ball um, for them. And I know Cheryl Reeves likes consistency when it comes to that. And I think she brings that to the table. I mean, she's a gym rat, a workhorse. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what is needed at the next level, right? Again, another player who wants to compete and do well and not just say well i made it to the to the league no it's like you made it to the league and you better you know it's sink or swim time right you better swim fast (laughs) and swim hard so i just think that she would be a good pick for her yeah and she had she had to stay in the midwest and that'd be cool for her their fan base you know i think iowa Iowa state has a really big fan base and they would come out um 
And she can shoot that thing, you know? So, yeah, she can shoot that thing. And that's so, what I'm saying. Like, if she can do that consistently well and, and get into her shooting pocket, and I know she will, like, you know, we've seen that um, with Minnesota and, and how they play with, with great pace. But they also play with great consistency. And I think when they had some lulls this past season, it's because they didn't get the shots to fall. Right. And she would kind of fix uh, that level of, of droughts within games that we saw from, from Minnesota this past season. Yeah, and they were they were second to last in three points uh, three pointers attempted uh, this year. They're yeah. middle of the road, so that could be a really big area where they could get better if they yeah. pick Ashley Jones. So that was our those are little mock draft. We we did a little mock draft there. I first. like that. Look at look at us. So we did a little mock draft uh, again. That's on November 11th, the draft lottery. After that, I'm writing a uh, dub, uh, mock draft for herhoopstats.substack.com. So good. Well, well, I'm going to promote it. Don't worry. I promote everything. Um, but just want to get into the draft lottery just because I think by the time we get to November, like before then, we're not going to be able to talk about it because we're going to have real games. Real games, Christy. Games, games, games. Games. <laughs> All right. I want, speaking of games, I want to point out a couple because we are running out of time for the last part of this discussion. Just a couple games that everyone should watch. Uh, on November 14th, there's actually two. I only put one. Uh, it would be Texas at UConn. Should be awesome. I think Texas is I think Texas is better than UConn. I think Texas is gonna be one of the best teams in the country. They have to prove it in Gamble against UConn, right? So yep. uh that's at six thirty at uh at six, it's Indiana at Tennessee. Uh if you're a basketball if you're a basketball nut long time I mean that's that's basketball heaven. I don't, I don't know how much how much better you could get than that. Why we not um, gonna be phenomenal. And then on all right, so then that that's what, those are the couple that I have. November 20th, this is the day. Put this in your calendar, everyone. Mark it down. Put, 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 actually, no, I'm going to give you a second. Let's, see, let's give them a second. Pull yeah. out your calendars. Put it in your phone. Let's go. Okay. You've pulled out your calendar. November 20th, you're watching basketball all day. There's just an amazing array of basketball. Uh, I wrote about this. Actually, let me pull up what I wrote um, that uh, about what's going to happen on this day. But the headliner, and this is the only one that you possibly need to know, is South Carolina at Stanford. Game of the regular season last year. Uh, it's probably going to be the game of the regular season this year. Two best teams in the country. Two best programs in the country. And one of the best rivalries in the country right now. Yeah. So that's the headliner that yeah. you got to watch, right? Got to do it. for the. I think that's for the whole early season. This is, I'm yeah. talking early season to me is before Thanksgiving. Agreed. So that's, that's the one that you got to watch. And uh, the rest of the games on November 20th are wild too because the battle for Atlantis starts. So there we got Louisville, we got Gonzaga, we got Tennessee, we got Rutgers, we got UCLA, South Dakota State, Texas, Marquette. All of those games are going to be good. Uh, Then we also have a a game of Maryland going to Baylor. Uh, Last year, a really fun game. This year should be another really fun game. And then here's why this this is why today, this day is really special to me. Well, first off, Miami. No, it's not. Uh, Miami plays, Miami plays DePaul. So obviously Miami. Miami's in it. But Miami DePaul is going to be a really good game. Right. Uh, then we got good old fashioned hate between Georgia and Georgia Tech. My wife went to Georgia Tech, so it's going to be a fun day there. Fun day. But here, here's the real things three ranked teams going on the road to face smaller programs. We got number 12 UNC going to James Madison, Ooh. going to Harrisonburg, where Virginia lost last year, if you recall. They did. Number 25 Michigan going to Fairfield to visit Carly Tebow. Carly! Uh, that could be an interesting game too. Oklahoma, number fifteen, traveling to Texas, Arlington, UTA, almost pulled off a really big upset last year against Iowa State in the tournament. Shakira Wright has that program going in the right direction. That's the that to me, that's the one that kind of messes up a lot of people's preseason predictions if UTA wins that game and they totally, totally can. So that's why to me I love you know, the headliners are great, but it's it's Thanksgiving, right? It's not just about the turkey. The turkey yeah, no. that's not the best thing on the on the on the on the plate here. Right. You gotta get everything. You gotta get, you gotta get everything. Little scoops of all so of it. that we'll, we'll talk more about that day when it comes by, but I want I wanted you guys to get that in your calendars. Wait, did, let me let me everyone in the comments, if y'all better have this in your in your in your calendars. Put it in I there. wanna I wanna know. Send me a picture on Twitter at KB Ibrahim. Yeah. And reach I'll yeah. retweet it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Christy, that's uh, that's all I got. If you got you, you want to talk about anything else? No, man, I'm just excited for the season. Oh my gosh, basketball right around the corner. And shout out to um, 
Playa Society, you know. Yeah. And they're day ones, you know. So. Or as I like to call them, Playa Society. Playa. Because it's very Playa confusing boy. for someone from Miami. Oh, thank <laughs> To say that in English. Hey, either way you say it, you know, day one. You can just say Playa, day one. Playa Society, <laughs> shout out. Shout out. Uh, but anyway, thank you all for joining us right here live on the Her Hoof Stats Podcast Network. For Courtside with Christy and Gabe, we will check in with you next time with Real Hoops. Oh, my God. It's almost time, y'all, for the college basketball season. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. No right show there. next week. Sorry. Oh, no show No show next week. I'm going to be in Miami. Oh, I want to. no show next week. Okay. Then we'll so be back the following week when we have actual games. Oh, see, we'll be back the following week. See, well... You know, you're right. You're right. You're right. But yeah, we were, okay. That's why I, I knew we had Sorry. talked about it. That's why I was like, no, it's fine. We're still out here. Look, okay. Gabe's going to be in Miami vacationing. And so uh, we'll be back the following week to break down all of the first week of college hoops. You know, it's going to be dicey. You know, it's going to be fire. And we cannot wait to share the conversation with you about all those great games coming up. And we'll be right here. I hope you will be too. For Gabe Ibrahim, I'm Christy Winter-Scott, and we will see you next time.